0: Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold.
1: Hey, Hoopheads! We appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Daily Thunder, Knock a Few Buck, Three Hundred Five Culture, Spanning the Spurs. Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, L.A. Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts: Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, The CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players' Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host Jason Sunkel. Featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury, Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com teampricing team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot
0: Hey everybody welcome back i'm your host justin Matcham, in here with me this this afternoon it is now the afternoon here on a sunday at 12 13 p.m dan is with me again ralph is with me again at armchair qb dan at the pull-up king one what is up guys ralph how have you been
2: i've been good man just been uh chilling and stuff waiting for the draft what about you guys man
0: i've been good myself uh got to watch a little bit of USA basketball last night, even if it was a little bit ugly, You got to see some Cavs play. Dan, how have you been? Been all good, man. Thanks Thanks for having us. Glad to hear it. Uh, we will get into some more of the uh, usa Nigeria game and talk about Garland and Love a little bit. But I first want to talk about Matthew Delvadova. Uh, signed a three-year deal in the NBL with Melbourne United. Um, kind of think we saw this coming, uh, whether it was with that team or somewhere else in the NBL. It uh, just kind of seems to make sense. Obviously, it didn't really seem like Dele, um was going to be back on this team next season or probably any team. I mean, there may have been some market for, you know, that level of backup, you know, third, fourth string point guard. Um, but I think it, it's very clear that he's heading back home here and he's going to have a much larger role on this team. I think I saw somewhere that, you know, he's going to be their starting point guard. So clearly, clearly, probably the right decision for him, uh, especially being able to get a three-year deal uh Ralph, does anything about this surprise you?
2: Um, not, not at all, to be honest. Uh, definitely thought that uh, his time was up. Um, but it was definitely uh, greatly appreciated with everything he was able to do for Cleveland. I feel like uh, him being here, he made a, a great impact on the type of player he was, uh, what he was able to do for this team. I think he was, at times, uh, in the past, a star in his role. Uh but like I said, um, this does not come to a surprise. Uh, probably could have happened maybe a year sooner if the Cavs were able to take a, a leap in a rebuild last year. But um, I think this was a very good time just because I think it's a nice transition period where uh, the roster is going to be, you know, or be expected to be, you know, reshaping a lot. So, um, yeah, like I said, not surprised at all. And I think it was like kind of like the perfect time, to be honest, in my opinion.
0: No, it does kind of work out. I get what you're saying, just as far as, you know, kind of transitioning from needing a guy more so like that who obviously has been around the organization for a long time and just kind of being around there as somebody who, you know, the fans enjoy and who can just kind of help be a mentor in the locker room to getting someone who maybe, you know, does provide more value on the court. And obviously we're going to have to see, you know, there are plenty of moves that will be made this offseason with this team. I'm sure we'll talk about some of those that could be happening here in a little bit. But um, definitely did kind of seem like the right timing for everything to happen. Um, Dan, are you disappointed that he signed with Melbourne United and not the Tasmania Jack Jumpers?
1: Yeah,
3: that is that a little, a little bit disappointing. But uh, yeah, it's it, I, I kind of echo what Ralph said, and, and you touched on Justin. Uh, it's at this point, yeah, it's it seemed like pretty f- far fetched that he would. You get a, another deal. Um, you figure if it's not with the Cavs, who who the hell would it be? So
0: it'd be a ten day um, deal, if anything. You know, yeah. At the end and of the season, maybe
3: maybe like a, a camp invite to wherever. But
0: uh, yeah, I, I wish the best for him, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, throughout this deal, you can stay healthy as well. Yeah. Um, maybe I mean, obviously, the NBL is still a very very good, very competitive league. Um, but even if it's if it's a little bit less wear and tear than an NBA schedule would give them, you know, or, anything I think would be good.
3: Are you surprised that it's that he's going to be their starting point guard? I'm actually a little bit shocked. Are you? Why I'm not. Well, I just think with uh, yeah, like all the injuries he's had, um, how last season went. I think. I mean, I think it's a little bit premature that to say that he'll just like walk in there and be their starting
0: one. Like, well, maybe he's not. You know, I mean, being a starter a doesn't bit. mean that you're going to play heavy minutes. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, he's I going just to am be curious a very good to in
3: that see. League. I mean, to see like. Or, I wonder how many like he actually would play but yeah I just hope he can stay healthy that's all.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. Um thank you Delhi for everything that you've given this team, this city um through the finals and the championship and everything else. Obviously 2015 will be, you know, maybe his his best memory other than the championship in Cleveland just as far as what he gave on the court in the finals. Um so thank you for that and best of luck with Melbourne United. Let's get into Team USA a little bit versus Nigeria. I don't I know that neither of you watched, you know, the entire game last night. Um, that's probably not the worst thing in the world. The USA lost to team Nigeria uh, 90 to 87. Um, team Nigeria consisting of some decent players. Um Kezi Atpala, Precious Achua, Gabe Vincent who went off last night. Uh Josh Okogie, you know, just as some NBA players Shemezi Metu as well, Mie Oni from the Jazz, uh Julio Okafor as well, although he didn't play last night. Uh, also have Ekpe Udo, who, you know, had a stint in the league. Caleb Agata, who kind of had a breakout game here, scored 17 points in 17 minutes. Uh, that's somebody who we're possibly going to be seeing as an NBA name coming up here. Uh, it's already, I think, been announced that he's going to be in summer league with the Denver Nuggets. So another guy who really shot, you know, the cover off the ball in that game. But um, overall, just a rough a rough going for Team USA. Um None of the stars really shot the ball that well. Um, overall, a, a couple decent performances. I mean, Jason Tatum shot four for seven. Bam at a bio shot four for seven. You know, Tatum kind of blew a layup at the end that was kind of important. Uh, Kevin Durant struggled for most of the night. Damian Lillard struggled for, you know, a, a large portion of the game. You know, just nobody really was able to seem to get it going. But we did get a, about nine total minutes, I'd say almost nine and a half of total Cavs action in this game between Kevin Love and Darius Garland. Uh, Kevin Love checking in first, ended up playing three minutes, uh, did take a shot. It was kind of more of an NBA try to draw the foul shot that did not work out at all. Uh, did get a rebound, did get an assist, um, had three fouls in three minutes, pretty much the moment that he checked into the game. uh, Nigeria just went straight into post-ups against him on defense um, where they just put precious Achua on him and, well, well they – Kevin Love was guarding Precious Achua, and they just went to Precious in the post time after time after time. And, uh, I mean, Kevin Love battled. I thought he played hard, uh, which we expected him to. I mean, overall, it, it doesn't look like he's moving too terribly out there. He is still a little bit – He, I mean, he has lost a step at this point in his career, and I think we all know that. But, um, like I said, did end up with 3,003 three minutes, just having to guard the ball every possession, you know, just giving in Precious' hands. Um couple times guarding out of the perimeter where, you know, Precious had to drive by him, and Kevin Love, just to stop the drive, just kind of grabbed him and fouled him. Um, but overall, had a, a decent showing. I thought he was moving all right. Um, I know, like I said, neither of you watched the game. But, Dan, um, you were saying earlier, it doesn't really surprise you to, that you know, to see Kevin Love playing hard like this in a game like this. Do you want to kind of just go over that again and elaborate on kind of what you mean by that?
3: Um. Yeah, well, I think we just he, – he wants to try to uh, show what he has, so to speak. Um, you would think to – as, as uh, reporter X, Y, and Z suggests, it could help to kind of rebuild some value, uh, at least just build some, I guess, kind of good faith, so to speak, in, in showing that he's, he's still willing to give effort in those um, – sort of games of that magnitude, um, and just that he's, he's going to be bought into winning and, and will do what he has to do, do kind of like the dirty work if need be. Um, I think it's just kind of from like a, a team dynamic sort of thing just to show that he's going to put forth that effort even it, with his age and the injury troubles, whatever, uh, just that he still has has that juice if need be.
0: Moving forward with this team, Ralph, what kind of role do you see Kevin Love playing? Obviously, on this team, there are some other bigs. It's not like that's you know a position that's loaded, I wouldn't say, on this team, though. Bam at a bio, you obviously expect to be your starting center. Other than that, you have Draymond Green, Kevin Love. Uh, maybe Jeremy Grant plays a little bit at five. Maybe a guy like Kevin Durant does in some small lineups. But you know, Kevin is kind of at a position of need on this team. Do you expect him to play? I guess, what type of role do you expect him to play, you know, as we continue through these kind of warm-up games and even into Tokyo in the actual Olympics?
2: As far as, uh, Kevin Love and his fit with uh, Team USA, um, I think, like, you know, his main thing there is just to be a guy that, that uh, comes in there, uh, is able to fill minutes, um, you know, maybe get a couple um, shots here and there, uh, especially if it's like, you know, even if it's garbage time or maybe if it's a team that, you know, he maybe matches up well against or maybe an injury occurs or whatever may happen. Um, I just think he's going to be more so of a fill-in guy. Uh, I think USA is aware of his uh, age and his um, past uh, history on his health. So I don't think, like, you know, this is going to be the place where he's going to be getting 20-plus minutes or anything like that. But um, I do think it's an opportunity for him to still stay in shape, be around guys and stuff like that. And, um, you know— Maybe try to, you know, build. I'm not saying he lost love for basketball or anything like that. But, you know, build, I guess, new motivation for next season. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he had a rough couple last season. So I feel like maybe uh, I think this is what this summer is really going to be for him. Is uh, basically like a uh, another boost of uh, motivation for him to uh, carry it out next year.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. So I, I don't see him... Right now, as a guy who's going to get consistent minutes on this team, Um, we saw last night even in an exhibition game only getting three minutes. Um, You know, you can say that part of that was due to foul trouble. But uh, I I think just him being, obviously, again, looking at the three main, I guess you can say, guys who will likely play center on this team, uh, he's the best floor spacing option out of the three, with the others being Bam and Draymond. So I think that alone will have value. Uh, Maybe it doesn't have value every single night. Uh, but if you're going up against a team like France where you can draw Rudy Gobert out of the paint with a guy like Kevin Love uh, you, you can hope that Kevin can do a good enough job, you know, guarding him on the other end. I think and even if it is and even if it is just for spurts, you know, obviously to this where you can uh, and if Rudy Gobert is the guy who you know you're dumping it into the post with or or you know lob threat whatever you can live with that, I think, for a few minutes. But on the other end, if that allows a guy like Zach Levine or Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum or Damon Lillard or Bradley Beal to have an open paint to drive into and to develop a rhythm, um, I think, again, even if it's only for a three- or four-minute stint, you know, having that could be really, really valuable. I think we saw last night that, again, you know, with just the poor shooting performances from so many of those guys, none of them are really in rhythm. None of them really were able to find a groove. Um, you know, I mean, down the end, it, it looked like Gabe Vincent was Damian Lillard and, and Damian Lillard was Gabe Vincent, you know, just in the, the ways they were playing, the confidence that they were playing with. Um, so I, I think he will, even if it is just kind of in, you know, niche situations, I think he will provide some value to this team, um, even if it's not on a night to night basis, on a game to game basis. I think there will be matchups where he doesn't play. Um, but overall, there, I think that he does have real value to this team in that respect. Um, Kind of focusing over to Darius Garland, I know in the last podcast that we said that obviously he was on the select team. I don't know if we've talked about him actually making uh, the Team USA roster here for these exhibition games. Obviously, um, three guys on the main team for Team USA are still playing in the finals, those guys being uh, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. So they had to bring three guys up for these exhibition games. So Darius Garland, uh, Keldon Johnson, who didn't play last night, and Sadiq Bey being the three guys who... Made it there obviously. Um, Darius Garland also getting in the game. He played six minutes, I believe, in the third quarter. Um, it, it was either the third or I think it was the third it quarter. It was the third, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. I was mm-hmm. say it was either second or third, but I'm pretty sure it was the third. Um, and came in and obviously, you know, didn't like the world on fire, was kind of quiet, you know, went to the corners a lot on offense. Uh, did pick up again four fouls in six minutes. But um, overall, I thought, you know, especially on offense, played his role very well. Uh, came up with a really, really tough bucket. You, you had mentioned Kyrie-esque, Dan, where he kind of drove left and just threw it high up off the glass over the defender's hand and got the layup up to fall. Had another really, really nice assist. I believe it was in a pick and roll. Um, so overall, you know, he, he played his role. And I think, you know, obviously when you're on the floor with, with this level of talent, you know, you're not going to be the guy with the ball in your hands every time. But, um, good to see him get in there. Good to see him contribute again, you know, struggled with fouls again in transition. I think he had one again at the top of the key where guys drove by him and he just kind of picked up fouls there just to try to stop the guy from driving and getting all the way to the rim. But, um, Ralph looking at Darius and just kind of, you know, him not only being a standout, um, of the select team and and being one of the three guys promoted, but then being the first guy to check into the game here and actually doing some stuff, um, Just where you kind of at with Darius Garland right now with kind of these developments that we're seeing from him Um, and just, you know, continuing to get these opportunities with Team USA when obviously, you know, it was just – at first it was just really cool to see him make the select team and now he's, you know, in his exhibition games but playing, you know, meaningful minutes for that team
2: yeah um i personally think that this is a a great opportunity for him um it kind of reminds me of a thing as as like a very talented freshman on a high school team being able to pick up some varsity minutes here and there just to be able to see uh you know what they're uh, able to do and everything like that um i think this is uh something that could definitely benefit him going into the next uh season um i think there's a reason why he did get picked as far as uh going up to the um the actual national team not just the select team temporarily uh, i think you know uh, with that being said we could say that he probably did well uh he probably was able to show flashes and whatever his role was at the time he probably was able to um show the, you know the coaching staff and uh you know other guys on the team that you know uh you know he's confident he's comfortable and he can make plays and stuff like that so i think uh you know it's a good opportunity um definitely proud of him and things of that nature uh with that being said um You know, being able to see some of the clips that I've seen from the USA on film and just from uh, what people have been saying during uh, camp, you know, it it just kind of reminds me back to uh, why my comparison for him is someone like a Steve Nash, Chris Paul type of player, Um, you know, when, for example, so when someone like Kyrie, you know, I I feel like people kind of forget. When Kyrie was on a select team, I think people kind of forget what he was doing to that national team with guys like Kobe, LeBron, you know, KD. Like, I mean, this guy was literally the best guy on the floor, a a whole different type of breed of player. Um, Someone like Darius Garland reminds me of somebody like a a Steve Nash or Chris Paul type of guy that's literally the floor general. But people forget guys like Steve Nash were able to do a 50-40-90 and still give you buckets. Like, it's not like these guys aren't able to score from anywhere on the floor because CP3 and Nash are both uh, three-level scorers.
0: He's not just going to be – I get what you're saying. He's not going to be that Damian Lillard who just kind of goes out there and just torches you, you know, just shot after shot after exactly. shot.
2: And I know he's sacrificing out there and everything like that. But, you know, things as far as, like, you know, him just being out in the corner kind of just still chilling, you know, that kind of uh, – you know, shows or resembles the type of personality he shows usually during the regular season. He's usually someone that's, you know, uh, you know, kind of just, you know, kind of chilling. He's not trying to force anything. Kind of goes with the flow throughout the game. But he does have moments where he goes on, you know, I guess, killing sprees and stuff like that. And he could give you thirty-seven like he did versus Spurs. But and I, but again, I think this opportunity allows him to. Uh, get to that level a lot quicker than people may think you know we may see him average next year around almost 20 points and seven plus assists or something like that on almost 50 40 90 you know that is very possible Um, and I think him being able to play with these other guys is gonna help his um uh, his generalship as far as him being the leader on the court because he's already having to be with more talented guys guys that have more IQ than him that he already does and everything like that uh, sometimes I guess playing in a, a culture I guess like the cast in the last couple of years to kind of um it could kind of slow down i guess the guy's uh, development and process especially as a lead guard yeah I'm, I'm I,
0: totally with you there.
3: I actually kind of uh I, I like that like that kind of mindset comparison stuff um I, I always look at him as kind of like a like a prime like like a a maybe like comp where he maxes out. Um, I don't think he's like gonna be like an all-star player. Uh, maybe he could be at some point, but I kind of look at it like a like prime Nick van Exel and that he can, he can give you those like stretches as, as alluded, or Ralph alluded to where he just like gets you like gives people buckets. but I think just like the creativity off the bounce, um, the, the vision, the quickness, like that's a guy I kind of uh, that he reminds me of to an extent.
0: I'm not sure, uh, I, you don't think that Darius is as, as of right now, you don't see Darius as an all-star guy at all?
3: Well, I think he could make maybe two, but I, I people that just say, like, oh, he's going to be, like, a future star, like, people throw around the word star way too, okay, way too often. And to that's me, fair. I don't see a star. Like, I just think Popovich, uh, like, I think he was kind of chosen to select thing maybe just projecting that maybe, if need be, he could be, like, a, a one for, sh- like, spurts. Whereas if he chose, like, Garland, they have a bunch of, like, shot creators already, and they don't have, like, guys, like, other than Dame who are really going to, like, naturally, like, set the offense, stuff like that. That's kind of why I think he got the nod more.
0: Okay, that's fair. And um, it is going to be interesting, but I though. C- I because- could be wrong.
3: Maybe he does end up, like... Becoming like a, like an alpha guy, maybe, um, and ends well, up. Well, I don't a four, think you a have to be four timer, or not an alpha guy, but maybe. I, he saying, ends I don't up think being you have to be an alpha guy to be an all star, but no, you don't. But I'm just saying, like, I, I don't look at him and just say, like, wow, that's a star, like right now. Like he could, like I don't know if I I can't say that I think Darius Garland right now is like really good. Like everyone says he's really good. I I don't know if I see that. But there's,
2: he's really promising. Like, I will say that. See, that, um, I, I like yeah. that a little bit better as far as, like, really promising. Because like he, yeah. he is a good player. Like, don't get me wrong. As far he's as the guys' his yeah. age, he is – if you're going to benchmark him to anybody in his draft class, anyone around his age, he's in the top tier of guys. But if we're talking about the last mm-hmm. game of the NBA, when there's levels to this as far as being a star, all-star, superstar, I just don't no. – I'm not really yeah. on the, the uh, wave where people are kind of – jumping too quick because when you do stuff yeah. like that that's how people become disappointed that's how the family right. turns against you because they're already trying to have you be somebody that you're really not and that's that's just kind of happens i guess i'm just <laughs> saying With all these things people
3: that put him in like the same breadth of jaw are i don't know what you're watching like i'm just i don't see it we were having that's, that discussion
0: on here that's
3: that's just all i'm trying to say
0: yeah no I, I I'm with you on that and Dan, that's putting but, undue um,
3: pressure on him right on, it, like, is. Way, it is way too soon
0: but at the hope same time like, you know, Jason
3: Lloyd is not trying to say that in his latest piece
0: <laughs> no I don't think he is but um overall you know everything that we've heard from him has been very very positive out of select camp though um just about the way he's played and um I, I do agree with the point you're making of it, he's not a star right now but he is promising I, I think it is important to make the distinction between the two. But um, it, it will be interesting here with Darius. Obviously, again, being one of the three guys selected and then being the first to check into the game, uh, I think you know playing decent in his minutes on the floor too, playing six minutes. Um, it is still to be seen, you know, you know whether this roster is going to be set as it is right now with you know Devin Booker, um, Drew Holiday, and Chris Milton coming in. Obviously, you, you never hope for injuries, and I'm not doing that either. But, you know, if something were to happen with one of those three or anyone else, you know, on the team currently, we saw Zach Levine have a little who And, you know, fortunately, he's OK. But uh, if it were that or just, the, you know, imagining this series potentially going seven games, obviously, Phoenix is up 2-0 right now. Um, and we'll have to see. But if this were to, to be a team that, you know, or a series, rather, that goes seven games and these guys were all just exhausted by the end of them, if one of them opts out, it seems like Darius could be the guy to take that place. It seems like he's next in line right now. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it won't be it. Maybe if it's, you know, Milton opting out, they'll go morph for a Sadiq Bey or a Kelden Johnson just to kinda of fill that wing void. But um overall, really, really interesting. And I'm really I'm just happy to see him in this position. I'm happy to see him doing well. Um it's it's been really, really cool to see him, you know, move up uh through, through team USA in a way we just really didn't expect to see. So Overall, happy for him. Uh, let's kind of move on, though. I want to talk a little bit about the Cavaliers' interest in trading up for the number one overall pick, obviously something we've seen this past week. Um, I don't know. Obviously, I-, I think it's more so the Cavs doing their due diligence than anything. Obviously, you know, Cade is somebody who the Cavaliers should be interested in, um, being, I think, overall the consensus number one overall pick, even if you you know believe differently. Um, a guy who... Would clearly fit in terrifically with his team positionally and just skill set wise as far as what they need, um, but Ralph, I'll ask you this: Would the Pistons be interested in trading back to number three? Obviously, you know they're. We've, we've talked about here that you know this is a team that thinks their own way and that doesn't just believe that, you know, they're they're going to take Cade just because he's overall the guy that everyone thinks is the best. Maybe they like Jalen Green, maybe they like Evan Mobley, but. If the Rockets really do like Jalen Green, which again seems kinda like that's the case, um, and he's taken at two and that's the guy that the Pistons want, does it make sense for the Pistons to trade all the way back to number three?
2: Um, no, not at all. And I was actually just gonna say that that um, you know, when you actually uh think about it theoretically, okay, well, let's say we won K, but the only person that we hear the Pistons saying that they won other than K is Jalen Green, but Jalen Green will be going at two. So therefore, you know, the Pistons will almost I guess Uh, I wouldn't be at I wouldn't say a loss, but it's like, you know, you're not actually getting what you're wanted uh, What you're wanting at all, you're not even getting your plan B of what you're wanting. So, um, you know I guess how I look at that. I would say no Um, I would think Cavs would probably have to give up way too much Uh, I think you know, it's, it's an interesting talking point just to talk about it But I think honestly that deal seems more ideal with someone like the Rockets um, just just for the simple fact that, um they can still take their guy at Exactly. Two. So I think that's really what it comes down to, to be honest with you.
0: I think, you know, I obviously, know again, obviously, again, it's worth at least asking just, what the price is, asking the asking prices the prices are out, and what the price is, is where the Cavaliers are finding that out. But, um, but um, Dan, knowing, knowing that, and just kind of knowing that, knowing that, of, knowing that the, the Cavaliers aren't in the you know, prime position, in, you know, prime I, would position say, I wouldn't say to trade up for to that number one overall pick, what do you think the Pistons asking price would be?
3: Yeah, I just think it has to be... Given that they, I, I think, could use an alpha score, um, say, Colin, uh, I would say, because I, I wouldn't think they'd really have interest in Darius with Bay there. Um, I, I guess the way we... With Bay there? Or, uh, not Bay, I meant Hayes. Um, okay. Uh, I wouldn't... Th- maybe they'd have interest in Okoro as, as an alternative, because he does kind of seem like a Troy Weaver guy, um, but... I guess Colin, and then obviously the three, and then I would think, I think it's a lot more than people think. I think it's honestly like two... I mean, it has to be future two, picks, yeah. Two pro- probably, like, what, what do you think? It's got to be two future ones. What? What? Like top three protected, I'm I thinking top three or five, right?
0: I mean, it, it, they have to be good picks. Yeah, yeah it um, has to be, so... Uh, that's yeah, for the Pistons to move back that uh, far. Yeah, I, again, I don't think they we're would. We're only talking two spots, but when you're talking about the difference in players right. and the players that the, the Detroit seems to like. Yeah.
3: And when you think about it, I mean, I, I get that they'd have, like, a Mobley interest, in, I could see from anybody, really, just because of how um, multifaceted he can be. But when they are, when they already have B. Stu there, they have, I, I guess, I mean, Plumlee's a movable piece, but Plumlee's definitely. But he's a, a playable big point. And, I mean, they you do need – you need a couple that's kind of like him, and he's a really good passer. I think, honestly, there's a lot – like, he actually seems to mesh well with Grant, and they seem to have good chemistry. Um, but when you've put Mobley in that – like, Green just seems like Green, and obviously – Cade can fit with it, I feel like, anybody. But Green would be such a good fit for them, like, with Hayes. But I, I don't see why they would move all the way back to three because where where is Mobley gonna fit in? Like who are you gonna have to move like projecting onward? Does he fit with Grant? Is is Grant gonna be able to Does he fit
0: with Grant and, and a center and on the floor? Student. Or does he you know yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so I don't know. Maybe he does. I'm not saying that, that can't work. Right. Again, but, maybe they look to move Jeremy Grant before too long.
3: Right, but I, I just I don't think they're gonna given his what he showed last season. Um, seems to be kind of growing into, like, a leadership role. I, I don't think – I think it's going to be a bit – like, I, I think he'll be there at least one more year, Grant, I'm saying.
0: That's fair. He, he um, can kind obviously of
3: bridge the gap see. between vet and, like, helping the new their new generation come along. Like, I think – I mean, I don't know personally. I also think that you
0: would, Grant's trade value is probably as high now as yeah, it's going to be. Well,
3: maybe he could be a deadline guy, but I, I just – I don't think – the Pistons are going to be that bad next season. Like, I think they're, I think they're a playing team next season. Personally, like if they if they get Cade or Green, I wouldn't think that's. Outside I think they'll the wrong be in the mix, but I
0: don't think that they're. I don't. I don't know if they're there yet, but I think they'll probably. Oh, be they're in the mix. they're going to
3: slide way down if they if they trade Grant though. I, I think. I don't think. Oh, I don't think Weaver yeah. with what he gave gave Grant. I don't think he wants to just trade him away.
0: What do you mean by that?
3: Well, I—I I mean, I, I get what you're saying in terms of his seal. It's probably going to be the highest it's going to be, but maybe it's not. Maybe he kills it again. And if they're in the mix, like near the deadline, like in the play, like in the play mix, firmly there. I don't think there's. I don't think it. Like maybe it could actually be better next off-season. But I, I don't know. I just, that's fair. I, I don't I mean, think it's, it's. I think
0: it's with definitely
3: possible. With the picks they have this year, like they're going to be able, they're going to get some players, and they could, of course, move. Like probably do. There's probably going to be some movement involved with them. Um, but I, I just the Pistons look like, honestly, to me, like a scary team going forward. And if you get give up Grant now, I, I don't know in the like how that in the locker room would would be. So I don't know, that, that's just my take. And
0: that's the, that is another side of things that you always have to consider is you know obviously. Him deciding to go there and, you know, turning down an opportunity to get the same money in Denver to, you know, come to Detroit and to play, you know, in, the, in that culture and for that team, obviously, you know, if you are just to trade him after one season, that might not be the best look.
3: Because let's face it, nobody, when he signed that deal with Detroit, nobody thought that they were getting that kind of player. Like, that, that was pretty no, anti-group no. thinking itself, actually, right off the bat.
0: Well, and especially just for all of the players that they had to, to, you know, trade for and waive just to get off the salary to, yeah. you know. I mean, they're still paying Dwayne Deadman the next four years. They're paying – Oh, yeah. They're, you know, they're going to be paying a lot of guys' you know, dead yeah. money moving forward. Um, but it, it was obviously very worth it to do those moves, to make those moves. Right. Um, no, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, and if – if they do keep Grant, I agree with you. You know they are a play in team. I'm not sure. You know, like I said, I'd put them. The East you know, is like not, locked in there. The
3: East has a lot of teams where I feel like it, it's there's not that many like surefire really bad teams. I, I don't think go, no, going no forward. I, I really don't. I think it's I think that's a big misconception
0: about the East now. I just want to pull up the list here of teams we have so. Obviously, as far as like playoff teams, you have you know Philly. There are some West teams. There are a you couple know, something... West teams that are guaranteed just terrible.
3: I don't think that's mm-hmm. it, honestly the case in the East. I really don't.
0: I think the Magic will be bad. Well, the Magic, um, I think, is I the think... one
3: where they're this is the first, This is they finally embracing a actually full rebuild. But aside from them, who is going to be like just
0: yeah, you're, just you're looking like a at, you know maybe maybe the Washington Wizards blow things that's, up. That's the one not. I'm not sure, but I don't think they will. Um, you know, maybe the Pacers blow things up, but maybe not. We'll have to see what happens with the Bulls. Pacers we'll have to see what happens with bad. the Raptors. But no, and that's why I'm saying all those teams are not going to be that bad. And their ownership I mean, never all of these teams, will allow that either, it seems like. No, but, you know, all of these teams are going to be in the mix and be competitive teams. That's, you know, Detroit, again, I, I don't think Detroit matches the talent of even a team like Cleveland no. next year. Um But they're they're, going to be in the mix until, you know, a a good way into the season. You'd have to think along with everyone else. Um, So that part will be interesting. But um, we talked about how Colin – and I kind of just want to transition into Colin a little bit. um, How he would obviously probably have to be involved in any um, trade-up to get to number one at this point, seemingly. Um, Jason Lloyd came out. And obviously, again, yes, Jason Lloyd, obviously. um, Take what you will from him but did come out with an article today talking about Colin Sexton, talking about, you know, just Kevin Love and Darius, team USA, among other things. But Colin was one of the focuses of the article. Um, basically saying that Colin in trade talks right now, uh, according to what he has heard from league sources is very available. Um, doesn't believe the Cavs are willing to give him a max extension this offseason, which is something that we have debated quite a bit here on this podcast. Um, and really, just kind of thinks that you know, Colin's overall trade value is potentially at an all-time low right now, um, just because of the contract situation. Um, doesn't think that the Cavaliers would be able to get a pick in the top half of the draft for him right now. Uh, doesn't think that you know Colin and Love would be even close to enough for Ben Simmons. Um, just overall, kind of an interesting um and, and you know again i'm not the biggest jason lloyd guy but it is interesting to get this perspective from him um but it seems a little bit extreme almost at times um saying that you don't he doesn't think that the cavaliers could get up top a pick in the top half of the draft for colin sexton right now ralph i'm just interested to kind of hear your thoughts on this and hearing you know what he thinks about the extension and just seemingly you know really trying to trade colin sexton what do you make of all of this you know what do you make of the perception that his draft value is this low or not his draft value but his trade value is this low right now what do you make of that
2: yeah um I mean I personally really don't know what to make of it uh I, I uh, like I said it kind of just you know every other week you hear something new um at this point it kind of like you know you don't know whether the reporters just you know making up stuff or you know I guess whoever telling them is making up stuff or maybe they could be you know right or maybe that you know what they're saying is the truth uh I think what it comes down to is uh you know after i read the article and things of that nature he kind of tells you what's going to happen Um, you know if, if he's if you're trying to say that you're hearing from league sources and i guess from whoever you're talking to makes you come up with this conclusion that you know you're not going to get a nice pick for him you're not going to get ben simmons which means you're not going to get any other all-star like guy then i mean what are we doing here trading him then? it's like i mean are you going to trade him for kyle kuzma uh tyler hero i mean that's that's what it's getting like yeah or ob topping you know <laughs> so like you know when you read the article like you know it kind of uh in a way and stuff like that you know kind of being hypocritical by saying like oh yeah calves are so you know open to trade this man but yet at the same time his value is just so low that you can't get him for nothing so at that point it just sounds like he's not going to get traded uh in my opinion um as far as like what should happen um, again, no one knows what ConSection is asking for when it comes to a contract or extension. No one knows what his agent is asking for, nor does anyone know what uh, they want. And no one knows what Kobe's uh, willing to uh, offer either. Um, I think these are just uh, things that, are, I guess, uh, you know, reporters want to do to, one, get more clicks, two, have, like, the fan base and everything like that have more to talk about, I guess, because, you know, when Cavs Twitter goes silent for a couple of days, you know, you already know a trade rumor or something's coming up soon, so... Um, and I think that's kind of what happens here. But like I said, um, my stance on that is I don't really think much of it just because uh, there hasn't been no real trade proposal that, ha- that no one has heard yet. Uh, and then we also have heard Colin Sexton say that he feels confident in coming back. So, a- a- again, you know, it's so early and stuff like that. You try not to uh, listen to too much of the noise, you know, what I'm saying um, unless it's, you know, realistic and it's something that could benefit the team. But until then, uh, you know, it's all about a bunch of chatter to me. Um, it seems like, you know, with us getting Mobley, it sounds like the best idea is to extend him, try to come to terms with a tra- contract. And uh, move on from there. Uh, we learned last year we were not good enough to just be trading away good players. Uh especially lower than Especially what their not value just giving is. them away. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, especially lower than what their value is. I mean we just I mean I, I don't see the point of us doing that. Um with, with especially someone like Colin Sexton. Like I mean he hasn't really done nothing wrong off the court, on the court. I mean I'm like, of course he's not the perfect player on the court, but what I'm saying and stuff like that, he's not a detriment to the team at all. So um yeah, I mean, I, like I guess I think it's kind of you know, I guess, pointless for them to keep on, uh, you know, bringing up a different rumor every week. But hey, man, some got paid a bill, so it is what it is.
0: That's that's fair. Um, it is kind of just confusing and interesting, um, with all of this. Uh, just saying that because you know, at the end of the article, I think he said that you know, he, he thinks that. Colin will only be in Cav's training camp if they can't find an acceptable offer. Well, what is an acceptable offer at this point? You're making him very available and his trade value is an all-time low. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you there as to with this being a team that, you know, has stated that you know the goal is to compete next year, trading him for Obi Toppin or for whatever the heck else puts you much, much further away from that goal than you were if you just keep him. Um Now, I I do buy into a little bit maybe that they're not willing to give him a max extension this offseason. And again, for the reasons that I've stated in the past, I think it would be very reasonable to wait it out a year and see, especially if they were to draft Jalen Green, how that works. Um, With Mobley, it does seem a little bit more clear as far as Sexton's role on the team. But um, yeah, I, I don't get the talk of a trade being imminent right now when his value is reportedly at an all-time low as far as you know, not even being able to get a, a, a decent first-round pick for him. Um, I don't see this team dumping him uh, for any reason. Uh, I think what he can provide on the court next season... Okay, so and this is not a situation that I think is reasonable. I don't think they should do this under any circumstances. I've said that many times. But is... What Colin will provide to you on the court next season when he is still on his rookie scale contract, even if you were to let him walk in restricted free agency, would what he gets you what he gives you next season, and maybe, you know, just being a more competitive product, is that better than getting a second round pick for him? Or getting Obi Toppin, who's not gonna play on this team because that's just another power forward who maybe becomes a serviceable player in a few years? You know, like, oh, I, I just don't see how any of that is more valuable than what he could give to you on the floor, even if it's only next season. And, again, considering the fact that I think they should be able to come to an extension agreement with him, even if it is not until next off season, I just don't really get it. Um, again, there are, there are talks that, you know, maybe he could be the piece that gets you off of Love's contract. Again, I am personally not of the belief that, you know, parting with Sexton is worth getting off of two years of Love. Uh, or possibly even one year of love if you're trading him for a guy who's expiring. Um, if it's only going to be shortened one year, I don't agree with that at all. So, I don't know. It, it's interesting to see an article like this. Again, I, I do believe that the Cavaliers are open to moving Sexton based off you know everything that we've heard, um, but I don't so much buy that they're like desperately just looking for any offer that they can possibly take to get off of him. That just doesn't seem to make sense right now you kind of agree with that Dan or where are you at
3: yeah I I mean pretty much ditto all that um I just don't understand uh I, I get that yeah there, there seems to be hesitation of a potential max whatever we don't need to go into gory detail there but yeah if you get rid of them if this isn't like seemingly an all-time low if it's not going to be a star involved like if they did it in a package to get up, go up to get paid. I could, I, I get that. Like, I I can't necessarily, like, I don't know if I necessarily, like, I, I'm not exactly, like, 100% certain either way if I would, but if they did and there was, like, a clear, re- like, direction there that, like, okay, that's your guy, you want to hitch on him and get going, okay, like, I, I can get the reasoning at least. But, yeah, if it's for, in, in like, a Meyer package for yeah, like Kevin Knox and or Toppin and like a, le- a late one or life. like salary matching relief, what have you, just because you don't want to pay him like down the road and you're getting like nothing back. No, it doesn't make any sense. And I I mean, I, I'd be OK if you got a guy like Cam Thomas. But again, I'm not going to that's putting a new pressure on like a rookie again. And this team doesn't need. Uh, in my opinion, I don't really want multiple rookies in this next draft. I, I really don't right now. If you end up tr- trying to like acquire a, a, a two like kind of a draft and stash guy, okay. But um, yeah, I, I'm at this point. Yeah, it just seems very hypocritical to deal him when the value is just apparently so low that you can't even get a top half pick. That's just why wouldn't you just bring him back and then you let the chips fall where they may. If he ends up being like a deadline guy, okay. But if you're not getting a ton back seemingly, why would you just get rid of him? And honestly, like to me, that'd be pushing the rebuild back
0: further. And th- I was just going to say that exactly. So we how long are, how are we going to do that? In other words, we talked about how competitive the East is going to be this coming season. You trade Colin Sexton and don't get anything real back for him. You know, if it is just salary relief or whatever, like, you're not a playing team next year. You are in the cellar of the East again. That is what you are setting yourself up for. And, like, the the thought process behind, you know, getting rid of him and getting rid of... If you can get him and Love Off in the same deal... This can't be, like, a that, Jordan Clarkson thing again. Well, the, the thought process is that it can get you cap space at some point And that you, you will have cap space to spend. And if you sign these guys and lock them up now and give them all the money that they want you're you're not allowing yourself to have any cap space and you're not going to be a big free agency player at any point um, which again I think a lot of the people saying that about this team it's kind of a closed-minded way of thinking personally in my opinion um, just because there are multiple ways to build a team um, and if you are a big market and I'm not saying that you know and I'm not of the belief that that cap space is meaningless to a small market team because it's not, it is still a valuable asset to have, but it's not the only asset that you can have. You know, I mean, this is a team that's done a good job building through the draft and getting solid players in the draft. um, And has, you know, landed a really, really important piece in this year's draft. You know, I'm not saying that Colin or that Darius are going to be, you know, the second, and you you know, I'm not saying that those guys are going to be, you know, like we said with Darius, four-time, 5 times, six-time, six time, you know, whatever All-Stars. Like, they are going to be, you know, seemingly at least in the eyes of, of, of some other people, at least, you know, that are not as close to the situation with the Cavs, maybe a couple-time All-Stars. But you have those guys and a supporting cast around them. Again, you've built through the drafts around this pick that you have now. Like, you don't need cap space to build up a team. The
3: other thing I was going to say I, is just like a brief side note. Um, I, you could say that this is not that meaningful, but he's really close with Akoro too. That'd be a lot of undue pressure on Ikoro. Like You're kind of asking him to, like, banking on a lot of progression from him pretty rapidly. And I, I think it's, be, like, it is a lot less pressure on him if Colin's there um, to shot hunt more. And people would always say, like, Okoro's a two, Okoro's a two. is not a two like that is a shot on a roll. He can like
0: I'm I'm he saying like full time he can two. play too. He's capable playing too. Oh no, I'm, I'm not saying but he like, can't, but it's it's more so just like the by default the declarations that he is a shooting guard nothing else are ridiculous. Yeah, that,
3: like the thing the thought that people think like positionally like sense is based on size and not skill set is so dated and it's just irritating and antiquated. Like he is not a two. I'm sorry like that's not like his his primary position i'm saying like i like and so many people don't understand that like that's not that's not him like he's realistically a three wing that's like a tertiary creator and i think he's going to have a bigger role going forward but it's going to be gradual and if you deal colin you're putting a lot a lot of added pressure on him and that's that's being thrown out the window in these scenarios too so I don't love that either. And they're also really close. Like, that could be, there could be a lot of, like, like things that, like, Jason Lloyd and these reporters don't understand that are, like, qualitative
0: things. So that's a problem, too. And the point I was going to make about cap space and just not, that not being the only route to, you know, building a good team, because it's not. Um, Teams have used cap space and signed free agents. Like, you know, people look at the Hawks. You know, they got some veterans in there using their cap space and that worked but that's not the only way to build up a team. And if you're expecting your cap space to be more valuable after trading Colin Sexton away and sucking next year without Kevin, yeah, without you Colin, get? you know, without whoever, like cap space is more valuable. If you're coming off a good season, if you're finishing 14th in the East, again, your cap space is going to be less valuable. Maybe you'll bring in Gary. Maybe if you are maybe so, maybe that's the Cavs' big acquisition next off season with the cap space. They just found. Maybe like that's I don't know what kind of season Gary Harris is going to have, but that's just the type of conversations that we're having. We're not having those conversations where, you know, okay, now now we have this cap space, which means that we can go out and get somebody big in this small market on a team that isn't good. Like it's just I, I don't like the cap space conversations and I just don't see that as being a good enough reason to move off of Colin. Yeah, I mean, if, if the Cavaliers were to go out in free agency, are they going to get somebody as good as Colin Sexton with their cap space? Probably not. Like, if the Cavaliers were to get that cap space and sign somebody on the tier of Colin Sexton, like, would that be viewed as a good move? With, like, I, I with, just I don't
3: understand. With Dan Gilbert as your owner, A, B, whether people like it or not, it's Cleveland. That's not going to be a selling point. In three, no, like, you sucked. Y- <laughs> you were bad. Like, yeah, well, like, what, what, get off a bad season. what needle movers are, are you going to get? I just And then, if Kevin Love, God forbid, is still around,
0: people are probably, that's probably not going to be attractive. Well, I'm assuming people. at that point, Kevin Love is, like, well, I'm saying, getting off of Kevin Love with Sexton. Yeah, well, maybe. Ugh, whatever. It's a mess. It's a mess of a conversation, and <laughs> I'm tired of having it. We can move on here. Um... I just want to operate under the assumption that Colin Sexton is going to stick around again, even if he's not extended this offseason. we've explained the reasons as to why that would or would not make sense. Um, the pros and cons to each side, I would understand them making either move. Um, it's sounding more so like they don't extend him this offseason and wait, um, which again is reasonable. We'll have to see what happens, but I don't, I still don't expect Colin Sexton to be moved from this team. And from the reports that we've heard, um, any move that could be made with him right now just doesn't seem like it would be beneficial to this team at all. Um, but like I said, we're going to move off of that now, uh, before we get out of here, Ralph, I think you tweeted on Twitter today. You tweeted on Twitter. Of course it was on Twitter. Where else can you tweet? But, um, do the Cavs have anyone on their roster with real playoff experience that has performed well? Um, you said, I think we know the answer to that and Kobe should do something about it. Um, Obviously, there are some guys on this team with finals experience, being Kevin, being Larry, um, Kevin obviously winning a championship. And you can debate the impact that he had on that series. Um, obviously, Draymond Green was a rough matchup for him. He didn't shoot the ball well. He was dealing with a concussion. Um, I think he did provide real value in that series at times, um, even if he wasn't you know, up to that third-star level. Um, you can debate Larry Nance, too, you know, in his finals run. Um, I think he was just kind of thrown into the fire there and – I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't exactly say that he was bad, but he was maybe a, a tad underwhelming in that series and that playoff run as a whole. Um, but explain what you mean, you know, with that tweet and um, give us some names as to some guys who you'd like to see them target.
2: Yeah. So um, basically what I meant by that tweet was that, uh, I mean, really, like we just need uh, big impact guys that are vets, uh, selfless and guys that. For example, you know, you see someone like Jay Crowder, and, you know, a lot of people sometimes have a lot to say about Bossman 99, you know, as far as his jokes and everything like that. But one thing we could not deny is that it seems like almost every situation he is going to, this team is somehow winning, going to the playoffs, uh, overachieving. Uh, I feel like he's been a part of actually a couple overachieving teams, to be honest, throughout his uh, career. And, uh, you know, and that's kind of a type of guy I'm looking for. Now, of course... You know to be honest a guy like that actually um it's more rare than people think when you add in the actual playing time the person's supposed to get and the impact and sometimes you know one of the two isn't there but um uh you know that's kind of what you know what i was referring to you know just a guy to come in and you know not take no shit and you know that wants to come here bring a team uh together and take us where we uh where we're trying to go um I don't think uh, the Cavs are lucky to have a big list that we can uh, choose from when it comes to those type players and every guy that I'm naming isn't someone that's like a Jay Crowder or someone that um, has really really pushed the needle a lot for a team but uh, I do think that some of these guys uh, would be helpful at least for this year in our first year trying to get out this rebuild guys like Um, You know, Nicholas Batum, you know, it seemed like he was able to make a a nice impact for um, the Clippers And, you know, we we was able to see he was able to play the 3-4 and, you know, a very versatile defender things of that nature and uh, Guys, I'm also looking for guys that can also shoot Uh, You know, if we're going to just assume that we're still going to have guys like um, you know Mobley and um, but we don't have him yet But let's say we're gonna draft him plus uh, still keeping Colin, you know It's important that we have shooters that they're able to dish out to and pass to so, uh, you know, we could get the best out of them So, um, like I said, Nicholas Batum uh, I don't mind Caruso. I think the only problem is with Caruso is I think out of uh, All He's these not guys. A great shooter. Yeah, exactly. He's not a great shooter. Uh, very low volume and we've kind of seen that uh, You know depending on what team it is if it's a team that likes to switch Like the Suns, you know, he's going to struggle because he's not a guy that can create his own shot when it comes down to that. So uh, he's Mm -hmm. not high on my list, but that is another guy. Uh, Jeff Green, even though I think he has championship aspirations, but I think that's a, a, a type of guy that I'm looking for. Um, Carmelo Anthony even Um, even though I don't think he would want to come here But still, that's that's a bet that at this point He knows his role, he's going to accept his role And, um, have seen that he was able to do Actually great in, uh, Portland To be honest, I actually thought that was actually, um A good fit, especially once he started coming off the bench You know, there were games where He was able to give you 20 plus points Or an efficient 16 Or whatever the case may be And even play some defense, you know So, um, I think he'll be a nice, uh, uh Player for us, um even uh, Reggie Bullock, uh, I think he was great for the Knicks. I think he was able to fit that Knicks culture, and you know maybe that's a guy that can yeah. come here and bring that type of toughness and stuff here. I know he struggled uh, with the Knicks, but, I mean, the Knicks also struggle scoring themselves so i mean i, I don't think uh so he
3: was very good in the regular season exactly four
2: just in the playoffs yep exactly so I, i'm personally not going to um you know use that against him because i think what happened was in the playoffs that uh he had to try to do too much but the Cavs, he literally is going to be three and d and we're just going to leave it at that um and my last person is it's only like bobby portis uh, i think bobby Portis. i was just
3: about to say portis I was
2: yeah saying. i think bobby portis is definitely you know a guy that you know we need an enforcer we, we've seen him set out Multiple multiple games in the playoffs, uh, was able to come back when his name was called and was able to, you know, show out and produce uh, efficiently too on both ends of the floor. Um, uh, And I think, let's say, in a situation where we're getting Mobley and stuff like that, I think that is uh, someone that's, you know, a great guy to have in his ear. And then uh you know if if things want to get a little bit tricky and now we're thinking about okay well now we got but what we're going to do with guys like nance or or love let's say if a hypothetical situation comes up where um we have a a opportunity to move them for let's say upgrade at a wing or backup point guard whatever case may be Uh, someone like bobby Ports, i think could fill that role as a backup center um with let's say still keeping someone like dean wade and stuff like that in the mix i think that is a very great fit to be honest um you know, but that's would already you, I'll ask you this. Footers. With
0: Bobby Forrest in particular,
2: would yeah. you
0: rather have him than a guy like Hardenstein?
2: Oh, yeah, of Assuming course. Assuming they cost course. about the same. Of course. And, and, and this actually comes down to durability, to be honest, actually. uh, Of course. uh, One durability, two pick-and-roll defense. Uh, we've seen too many times in the playoffs where guys – uh, big 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 guys aren't able to either switch off, or them being in drop coverage is actually hurting their team because they just don't play angles and uh, you know have too much separation between them and the ball handler. So I think someone like Bobby Portis is way more valuable for the cast, especially if we're getting someone like Mobley, who's already a seven footer. We don't need to keep you know we don't need five seven footers on a roster. You know what I'm saying? Just having Mobley and, and Allen is cool. We can have a, a guy that's six ten that can you know be a stretch five like Portis and uh, you know, like I said, keep guys like uh, Nance and, uh, and let you know unless he gets moved. To, I don't think that, that happens. I'm just saying in the scenario, or someone like Dean Wade. But yes, I do think Bobby Portis is a lot more valuable for the Cleveland Cavaliers, especially at this stage and where they're trying to go, than someone like Hardenstein. I don't have a problem with Hardenstein still staying though, just to, just for insurance. But yes, of course.
0: I think it's interesting because obviously Portis is a little bit more mobile than Hardenstein. Hardenstein is pretty slow-footed. But um, we have seen, especially throughout these playoffs, Portis get cooked quite a bit, too, in pick and roll. Um, both switching in and drop just has not worked out for him either. I have a question, um, Justin.
3: Yes. Uh, or uh, both of you guys, I, I guess. Um, what do you think Brown? Like Bruce Brown would – like, what kind of offer sheets will he
0: command? I think if it's – well, I mean, looking at the Nets – uh, obviously, already going to have a high a sky tie. A sky and would high you have any interest in bringing David
3: Nawaba back? It's just a situational defender.
0: Those those are my um, two questions. Okay, we'll answer Bruce Brown first. Um, even with the tax bill, it's probably going to be ridiculous that um, the Nets are going to have to pay. Um, if it's a mid level, a non taxpayer mid level, oh I'm not going to that. No. And I'm saying I think the Nets might even match that. Like, I think he is really important to their team. He wants to be back. But like I think anything underneath that, it's an easy match for the Nets. Okay. Looking at David Nwaba, though, who is going to be awesome.
1: Oh,
0: he would be a minimum guy. That's what I'm thinking. Pretty much undoubtedly. Um Like gotta be like like <sighs> Damian, or like Dotson see, level. Like I it'd be less than Dotson. I mean again, oh. like he would be a he would be a minimum guy. Like Dotson's got a little over the minimum. Okay. But um just with the injury history and everything else, yeah. the lack of ability to shoot—that's fair. Um, I obviously I love Nawaba. I, I, I just really feel like love has David real Nawaba Like he
3: can legitimately play the four for you.
0: Yeah, he can. That's, that's the the thing I'm is thinking. with David Nawaba, but this is just from my view. David nawabba is not going to get minutes over Jetty um, uh, Okoro over Jetty. Uh, let me let me finish. Let me finish over Jetty Okoro, Nance, Wade, Love. Mobley, you know, potentially, where is he going to get minutes in that rotation? And could you have used that roster spot on, on something that would have mattered more? Yeah. I think you, Tarian, I didn't even mention Tarian. Like, you have guys at that spot. I, I, I personally would not go for it. And again, we talk about shooting David Nwaba, not a shooter. Um, I do love him, and I do love what he brings to a team. But I just don't think it would make much sense for him to join this team where he's not going to have a role and it wouldn't make sense for the Cavs to just add another combo forward that can't shoot. yeah
2: i definitely agree with that uh and as far as the bruce brown situation um don't get me wrong and stuff like that like he really impressed me uh you know he plays a lot bigger than his size suggests. So um uh his, his floater and his off-ball movement and just his hustle and stuff like that is um definitely elite for a guy in his role Um, But saying that and stuff like that, again, um, I I just think, you know, this offseason is going to be very important as far as being able to space the floor. I think in this, uh, you know, age of the NBA, you know, I I think it's possible to be able to find guys that, you know, that can defend. But as well... um, Uh, be able to shoot and spread the floor uh, was saying that, you know, Bruce Brown, I think he kind of fits well with the Nets. I think that just kind of works out with the way he's able to uh, produce like that because he has three superstars everyone's worrying about and uh, able to shoot from half court if they wanted to. Uh, You know, the Cavs don't really have that same situation.
0: That just opens up the floor for Bruce Brown to create havoc, which the Cavs wouldn't be able to offer.
2: Exactly. So I I think it's, uh, you know, any guy that we get has to be a guy that, in my opinion, can make something out of nothing.
3: Okay, I have the perfect target then. Okay, just the last one we can get out of here after this. But Reggie Jackson would be a hell of a get. Like,
0: to Here's me. the thing, though. Like, again, what would, Dan, he,
3: would he take a
0: mid-level? The Clippers can offer him more than the Cavs could, one. And two, That's, why yeah. would he leave the Clippers, the team that like he just went to the conference finals yeah. with, who gave him a chance yeah. to go to the Cavs?
3: But I don't know. He was in Detroit for, what, five and a half years? Maybe he'd consider it. I don't know. It was like a, He was also traded to Detroit. He didn't sign there. I know, but he's he was often very vocal about how much he loved Detroit. And when he left Detroit,
0: or I should say it was— He's also been very vocal about how much the Clippers organization has meant to him. Talking about how that team saved him. And he just went to the conference finals with them— First time in that franchise's history. That team took a chance on him. I like Reggie Jackson as a target, but I don't see any situation oh, will, as not, to where it. he it's takes not, less money to go here. It's than not realistic to stay there.
3: at all. I'm just thinking like maybe he whatever. But oh well.
0: No, it'd be a great It's just target more so like like
3: maybe he, would he be bought into maybe like helping like young guards like progress. I I, I don't know. But I, I feel like the Cavs might have – like Honestly, even, like, a guy like um, – yeah, you know, never mind. Never mind. But I, I do <laughs> I, like McConnell, though, as a target. That's that's the one that's the yes, the that, that's, biggest that's clear one. one, and I really think he honestly would come here.
2: That, yeah, 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 Go ahead. I, yeah, I go just wanted to say something real quick that as far as, you know, like I said, you bring up Reggie Jackson kind of just uh, goes back to what I think is actually a bigger problem or I think something that the Cavs should um, – I guess be focusing on, I guess, first and foremost is just making Cleveland uh Cleveland Cavaliers an attractive team to come play for. You know, I, I think that there's a lot more targets out there than we may realize. you know, Reggie yeah. Jackson, we're not even thinking about Reggie Jackson right now, but again he's another guy. But the problem is is that we have to be an attractive place for guys to want to come here. Even and the dealing College is not gonna help. Right. No. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think that you know, maybe
3: guys in the league. Respect a hell out of Colin. You can tell.
2: Oh yeah, they do. I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree, and stuff like that. And I just feel like you know, even if we don't this summer get the players that we wanted, and we, we might have to settle. But I think the Cavs are going to have to work with that. And going into the following next season, we have to be a place that free agents, guys that are in worse situations, we we have to be a, a, a team that those guys actually feel comfortable wanting to go to. I think uh, you know, there's too many times where. Uh, at least, you know, right now, I guess we could talk about and stuff like that. We're talking about all these other guys, but then we have to go up uh, on the back end and be like, well, damn, do they actually want to come here and play? You know, because <laughs> that, that, you know, that actually matters, you know? We can want them, but they have yeah. to want to be here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I like Reggie Jackson, though. so And that's why I wanted to say that, because, again, I think Reggie Jackson, you know, I think he'll be great, especially if he's somewhere where he's motivated, where she's at right now. But in Cleveland... Is yeah. he going to feel that same, you know, way and that same passion, that same type of selflessness that he had with them? I don't know, you know, but
3: yeah, and instead we'll end up getting Denzel Valentine.
2: Oh God, <laughs> oh, no. Let's not get
3: Denzel Valentine. Let's just let's just oh. avoid that entirely. Um, he, he's your bailout option for the end of games. <laughs> <laughs> so he thinks.
2: Oh yeah, Yeah, Uh, and another thing uh, I like uh, the TJ McConnell thing um, as far as him as a backup point guard. My only thing is with him is that once playoff comes, I just don't see him being much of a threat because at the end of the day, we we're we're able to see a lot of these teams are switching a lot, and if if you're not a guy, and again, like someone like Campaign, Campaign can score when when he's hot, even when he's not hot, he could get to the rim, either get to the Mm -hmm. line or get some type of layup or or free up Aiden, whatever the point is. Someone like uh, TJ McConnell he's going to be less effective in those types of situations. So with that being yeah. said, I just want to bring up my guy, Shreve Cooper. You know, that's that's, that's why I really want the cast to try to go after either somehow in the first round, second round. I think he's a guy that can uh, improve this team. I think he'd be a good fit with Mobley. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit with coral When you watch his track record, he made he has made every guy around him better. Before he was playing, no one was talking about JT Thor. No one was even talking about Auburn uh, for the, uh, you know, uh, right. for that matter and then you talk about his aau days and stuff like that well B- people forget bj boston was a top five player when he was playing with Okoro. or not Okoro, mm-hmm. with uh well yeah with a too but with sharif uh, as well and then when he was playing with a uh, yes Okoro was a great player now he's still a good player but back you know back then he was a whole different animal when he was on the court with sharif cooper so i think that, that that's something that the Cavs know um, and no, because his father is a, a Coro's agent. So I think they already have some type of relationship where they know these things. And I personally, I think that would be a win in my book. I think that's a guy that is NBA ready. People might not know that, but I think he's NBA ready. I think he'll be the best passer day one. And I mean, I, I just hope the Cavs can make a move because after 2019, I just feel like we cannot just be leaving uh, certain uh, talent off the board, rather it's first round, second round.
0: I think he's probably going to go in the first round and you would have to find a way to trade back into probably like late lottery, early twenties to, to, to snag. I, I on hope on. he drops
2: even further than that, but it does sound like, uh, you know, talks are heating up, but with the draft, he's like, you, you know, you almost never know. It'd be guys that's literally top five talents. That's going take 25 second round, you know? So it's just, you know, we'll see though. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Kind of. I actually, I had a question on my mind. Um, and it's it's
0: not related to Sharif. It's not related to backup point guards. But just kind of circling back around to David Nwaba. Um, I guess I can ask you both of this. Just kind of looking again, like how to use these kind of last few roster spots um, can't, when can't you're be looking Damian at adding Dotson. minimum that's, guys. That's like all that. I care
3: about. What is that? I said just anybody, anyone but Damian Dotson. That's
0: it. Anyone but Damian Dotson is a good take. But um, or 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 Gailey.
2: Please get him out of here. I will say this about Dotson. When Dotson's role was consistent in the beginning of the season. He's a good passer. He's a a good passer. He's he's a guy that came in there and he was able to actually, you know, produce a little bit, at least in my opinion. uh, He was a streaky shooter at times. He could
0: work in the mid range a little bit, but he just
2: never got it going. There for free. just has
0: to be like
3: in like we need impact shooters, and he unfortunately and he I'm not, not gonna, like there are a lot of injury issues for the Cavs. Like not having Love didn't help him, but or, or Nance, like he seemed to have good chemistry with Nance when they were playing. But it's like he we we, we don't 27%. need a guy that is going to take the ball like have the ball in their hands that much. Like another one is the problem, and. Like, we didn't sign him to pass. Like, we signed him to not win practice shooting competitions, frankly. And that's what it ended up being. And, and I, I I mean, I hate to bring it up, but we need Dylan to, to freaking be available, A, and B, shoot the damn ball, too. So, yeah. but I'm willing to give that's him mine. one more benefit of the doubt. Windler, yes. Because yeah. I thought his defense, honestly, was very good, too. I thought it was fine. He needs to add a little weight, but I thought it was Is okay. he ever going to add weight? Like, what? Uh, like, I, I need to see him, like, like he, he should be putting on, like, he should be, like, 215. Like, you, you got to, he that, needs to be adding weight.
0: That's a, that's a target weight. Yeah. It has,
3: like, that has to be. Like, he needs to be able to play the three. Right now, he really kind of can't play
0: the three, unfortunately. So... All right, well, back to my question, though. I just wanted to ask you this, Dan, and I guess we'll, you as well, Ralph. Um, looking at a guy like David Nwaba and just talking about, like, the type of role he would fill on this team, would you rather have – let's just say that David Nwaba would sign on a one-year minimum Would you contract? rather have him
3: or Lamar Stevens, maybe,
0: right? Yes. Lamar Probably Stevens, Lamar. who is team-controlled for the next three years. Um, he could enter a restricted free agency in two years. Uh, would you rather have him or um, – David Nwaba. that's kind of
2: my point as far as like yeah, that's fair Uh, fair. His uh, on-ball defense from when he first got in and I I was able to see on his uh, Penn State film that he was already a two-way player But the uh, you know, we go to the NBA That's a whole different ballgame as far as defense But I think one thing that I was really impressed about was that one, his effort never changed from when he first got his opportunity into the last, you know, game of the season. And then two, he was actually able to improve his instincts, him not uh, getting in foul trouble. Because there was times where, you know, he would foul at dumb times, foul a a shooter, things like that. You you started to see once he got more minutes, a lot of things went out the window. He was actually, you know, one of our, at least from the eye test, one of our best, you know, defenders that we had. Even uh, almost (laughs) – i i would even say there was a, a big gap between uh him and okoro as an on-ball defender we're talking about on-ball defenders and the impacts yeah. that i've seen personally i i don't think there was much of a gap there so if we're going to compare him with nawaba i would just I'm, I'm gonna have to take stevens because of uh one development you know we have time to develop him, uh him and he already spent mm-hmm. years in college so he's not like a young young guy that's one and two what? uh durability uh you know sad for nawaba but uh, i feel like ever since he was on his – uh in the cast for his last stint, I feel like, you know, he's never been able to be uh healthy. Yeah.
3: That's re- – his – He has, he's had any injuries. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Well, he had an Achilles injury too. Yeah. Well,
3: uh, in addition. Yeah, it's – I
1: was just in thinking, addition, honestly, stuff, more from things.
3: like a – like kind of like team dynamic standpoint is kind of like a leader, like kind of just like a – just kind of mm-hmm. like a like like mentally like a bull like like guys can't like yeah, you can't punk David David Nawaba that's just kind of the guy no. I was alluding to. No 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 no
0: nah. oh,
3: God it, you know it's the thing that it annoys me. I mean, people say like oh Pat Bev's defense is like he had like whoever like on lock like if you watch him play defense he was legitimately grabbing Devin Booker shorts. It happened like five times. Like I don't know where this like he can guard comes from. Like the guy fouls, that's how he guards. It's just irritating.
0: I'm not gonna say he's a bad defender, and like he is grabby and he does pick up a ton of fouls, but know. he does stay in front of guys. He, he's he does always stay in front of guys like, guys Okay, like he, stuff he, he's active him. getting steals. He gets in passing who, lanes. What, he, he does. Who is he, gonna... he is an active defender. He's an active defender, sure. Who picks up too many fouls? But, I but mean, if you can't provide guard, value on like the defensive if, end.
3: if your reputation is you can really guard and you can't guard without fouling in against quality we, players, uh, I, I don't see how that means you're such a good impact defender. I, I don't see it. I don't know. He was a couple of years, like like four or five years ago, like when he had that initial chip on his shoulder when he got traded off off mm-hmm. Houston. From there, I, I don't see it. But, whatever.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anything else from either of you before we get out of here?
2: Um, nah. I think we have, uh, how, many, how many more days do we have into the draft? Do you guys know?
0: I don't know exactly. You will probably find out on Twitter. 18, including tomorrow, essentially. 18, including tomorrow? Yeah. Okay.
3: It's it's the 29th, basically.
0: Oh, Okay. 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 Well, it's coming up. I'm sure we'll have a few more episodes recorded before then. Days, um, yeah. But um yeah, I'm sure, you know, obviously we like I said we'll have a few more between then. Um not sure what's gonna happen. It's kind of the point with that's kind of the thing with this point in the season, is obviously with the draft not happening and trades not really happening yet, um, it's all speculation with Colin, with love, with whoever else. Um You know, I'm sure, you know, we'll have Team USA happening. We'll be able to talk about Love if he keeps playing. If Garland, you know, were to somehow make the actual team, we could talk about him too. But uh, I'm sure we'll still have plenty of stupid rumors to talk about that someone will make up, um, someone will quote-unquote report. So there will be plenty to talk about. But um, with that, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Ralph, as always, for hopping on. Always a pleasure talking to you both, and uh, we will all talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.